Welcome to the Legacy Podcast. I'm Chris Wilmerding, your host. The show is a series of conversations with business owners about their beliefs and values and which beliefs and values they want to share with the next generation. If you want to be a guest on the show, simply wait until the end of this 20-minute segment and we'll provide a link. Simply sign in at that point and we'll be in touch with more information. Now, let's get on with the show. Hi, I'm Chris Wilmerding, host of Legacy Podcast, and today's guest is Max Yoder, CEO and co-founder of Lessonly. Welcome, Max. Chris, it's good to be here. How are you? I'm fine. I'm hanging in there. Uh, yeah, me too. It's cold where you are, right? It is. It is. The thermostat's working today. <laughs> well, uh, that's good news and bad news, I guess. So uh, you're the CEO and co-founder of Lessonly. Um, I think what our audience wants to know first and foremost is what does your business do? What do you do? Yep. We make training software and specifically targeted at sales teams and customer service teams. We describe them as customer facing teams. So if you're a team that interfaces with the customer, that's usually sales or customer service, we help those teams learn what they need to learn. So understand what matters, why does it matter? And then we help them practice it. So we help them uh, actually understand how to do whatever they've just learned. The learning part's been around a long time. The practicing part has not. Yeah, I can uh, imagine the, that starts to become the secret sauce because if you it, it, it is the sauce. Yeah, yeah, it's the you know if if you're reading something, um, you can it can go straight to your behavior, especially if you're kind of naturally aligned to what you're reading. You know, it's naturally kind of something hits you, and you're like, oh yeah, that really resonates with me naturally. That might might affect your behavior, but if it doesn't resonate with you naturally, or if it's a little. Um, not something you've done much. Practice is the only way to build, bring it into your behavior. So we give people ways to practice uh, through the web browser. So Chris, if you were wanting to practice, you know, let's say you wanted to practice your um, resolution handling with a frustrated customer, we could give you a prompt that says, "Hey, this customer is frustrated. Here's what they're frustrated about. How do you respond?" Right. And, and you could you could practice once, twice, forty times, four hundred times. Neat. So we just had a guest. I, I don't know, maybe a few weeks back, who is in the franchise business. And mm -hmm. the one thing that was really well, many things that were endearing about this guy was um, he had a sincere love for the people he works with. And he yeah. and one of the things where that love was coming from is he wanted to make darn sure these people were well, were well trained. So I kind of wonder. Um, if uh, he's in the kind of disaster, <laughs> if your basement floods, mm. um, his his people would show up. So I kind of wonder if that's an area where your software would be very helpful. Yeah, well, we, we mean if if there's something to practice, uh, we can help you. And we oh, tend to, okay. we tend to work with the teams who have a playbooks that are changing really quickly. So you know, one week it's one promotion, the next week you know it's a it's a new product offering. So we are continuous training for those teams, learning and practicing. Got it. Cool. All right. Um, so I won't tell you, but I want to ask you what's special about your business. That's probably pretty obvious, but I'm curious, Max, um, most successful entrepreneurs like yourself can usually pick one point in time or an experience, good or bad, that put them on this path of, uh, of extraordinary success. What was the story for you? I'd say the thing that brought me to entrepreneurship uh, was growing up in Elkhart, Indiana. Uh, I grew up in Elkhart County, which is northern Indiana. I'm about three hours south of it now. And the Great Recession uh, crushed Elkhart County because it's a recreational vehicle manufacturer. Um, and so my dad, uh, he inherited a business from his dad that is a funeral home. Uh, so my dad and his brother ran a funeral home. 
And this, you know, they ran that well through the Great Recession. My mom worked at in the RV industry, so she had a much more tenuous time. And uh, I knew that I didn't have the constitution to do it my mom's way, of not really knowing when the rug was going to get pulled out from under her feet. Because in any given day, you know, she walks into work and the job's gone. Um, it, fortunately, that did not happen. But my dad had a lot more assuredness than that. So that got me on the path to saying, I want that assuredness too. Yeah, taxes and death. Well, wait, let me push back on that. Um, so you're equating autonomy with uh, assuredness. And I'll push back. I mean, I get what you're saying. I think what you're saying is that if your your mom doesn't control her own destiny. Right. Right. It was, I don't, where was she at? Uh, Thor or, or I don't know where they were. She located. was at Forest River at the time. Gotcha. I'm just curious. Um so, so I think it's more, is it more about controlling your destiny? Because I guess funeral homes also got a business and the business that you're in is, is high risk, but at least you have your autonomy and your control. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not going to find out walking in one day that I'm getting fired. <laughs> Unless you have a really bad day. Yeah. That's a real bad day. <laughs> that's a real bad day. Um, and so, I mean, that got it started and then meeting entrepreneurs, Christian Anderson and Chris Baggett, who I both started multiple companies by the time I met them and seeing that it wasn't magic, you know, it was a process. Was it, was it another big thing to keep me kind of, kind of going? It's like, Hey, this is something that is not, to, not to say that the process by following the process, it's going to work, but it's to say that by following the process, your likelihood of it working goes up and, you know, there's variables I can control. So I, I like great. that. Great. Uh, um, so uh, your Lessonly is not the only training software that's out there platform. So right. what's, what is the one thing that, that Lessonly that you can point to at Lessonly that, uh, that's, that's much better than 95% of your competition. So I don't uh, know everything about our competition. I don't spend a ton of time waking up reading about them, but I can tell you that something that our customers tell us they really appreciate is community. Uh, and the, there's a good reason for that. Our customers tend to be on small teams doing enablement training and readiness for their companies. So the person who buys us in a big organization is probably not on a very big team. They have one, two, three other people around them getting all the training done. Um, those individuals tend to feel isolated uh, and tend to you know, feel like they're on an island. So right. we bring them to other folks who are on other islands uh, and we link those islands up. And um, that's a big deal. Uh, for, for people to be able to have a community now where they used to just have, you know, a small pack. Uh, and then on top of that, hearing people is, is way uh, easy to say that, you know, customers are heard. Um, it's, it's way harder to do. And we have account managers who take care of all of our customers. And I think they excel at hearing uh, before they try to help. Because often, you know, what the first, often really the only thing people need is to be heard. Uh, and, but often instead, we just try to go right into helping. Um, right. Before we've actually heard the person, right? Uh, and, a, by the way, Max, you probably read this, but there's a great book called "The Advice Trap." Uh, I don't. I have not. And um, and actually, I'm doing this right now, <laughs> which is ironic. Um, what the I'm doing what the book itself strongly recommends against, which is okay, giving advice, which is giving advice when it's not solicited. <laughs> <laughs> so been, here I, I am been. doing it. I've been there, Chris. I'll yeah. probably be there later today. Yeah, right. You catch yourself if you're paying attention to it. But um, all right. So here's an easy one. What's the best business decision you've ever made? Yeah, partnering with Connor Burt, uh, who helped me start Lessonly. Um, yep. He is a very much a yin yang 
for, for me, uh, where yeah. we, we just have nice counterbalances to one another. Yeah. Um, and we just love one another. Yeah. Uh, my, my doctor talks about having somebody who you're being mentored by, and I've mentioned some mentors already, somebody who you're walking with, and then somebody who you're mentoring. And then uh, on the walking with side, uh, you know, it's a peer, but then there's also somebody on the other side, which is the person you love. Yep. So I've got my wife, Jess, uh, who is the person, you know, I love and build my, my life with. And then I've got Connor, who is the peer that I walk with. And, you know, I'm mentored by people and I, and I, have, I have some folks who I, I mentor, but walking with somebody is probably the most important component uh, because that person really understands what's happening in my life. You know, Connor, Connor gets it in a what, way that a, other people cannot. What a beautiful and well-articulated framework. I mean, it's your framework. I think it's beautiful too. Yeah, yeah my doctor. Yeah, he told yeah. he shared it with me. Yeah, cool. Um, that's quite a doctor. Um, so what's the worst business decision you've ever made? Yeah, not listening to my gut. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, when, when, I know, when I know something's not working out, and yeah. I, I try to look at data or I try to rationalize, you know, why, yeah. why I should keep doing it. Yeah. Um, and I just know in my, in my soul that it's, it's not vibing, yeah. uh, but it, I keep going. Isn't it amazing how human beings have that tendency that yeah. the, the eternal optimist, it's gotten me into trouble many, many times. Amen. Um, okay. So this is uh, not at all profound. He says sarcastically, um, why is money important to you, Max? Yeah, I, I want autonomy. I want to be able to choose my days. Uh, I want to be able to wake, wake up in the morning uh, with my my schedule to read and to write and to sign off at you know noon or one p.m. and spend the rest of the day probably doing some reading and some relaxing and some walking. Uh, and money helps me do that. So it's independence, autonomy. What what feeling if you were to put an emotion, one word to it? What what feeling would you ascribe to autonomy when you experience it? Relief. Yeah. Uh, it's one of the, one of the first that comes to mind is relief and um, and, and energy. You know, I'm energized when I feel autonomy because it's. I think there's. Uh, it's been argued that anxiety is rooted in freedom of choice. You know, the fact that we are so free is why we are so anxious. Um, I am not overwhelmed by that freedom. Uh, yeah. I certainly have my own anxieties, and most of my anxieties are about how do I get get that autonomy. But having a day to spend pursuing things that interest me, and there are a lot of things that interest me, um, that's energizing. And uh, it may be obvious or self-evident to others, but it isn't to me. Why is, um, so let's go a little bit deeper. Why is that energy so important to you? Yeah. What's it do for you? Yeah, it helps me build my spirit. You know, it helps Mm -hmm. me understand myself. It helps me cultivate myself. Carl Jung uh, talks about achievement orientation and spirituality orientation and that, uh, you know, in the first part of life, um, when the sun's coming up in your life, you're achievement oriented. And then if you're lucky enough to make the switch, you become uh, more uh, culturally oriented. You kind of cultivate yourself. But he he argues that we don't have a lot of cultural markers that help people switch from achievement to cultivating their own spirit. So people just keep on the achievement train. And he argues that what was, what was, what was fulfilling and um, nourishing in the morning is poison at night. And I don't want to be the guy who's still trying to achieve, you know, in the back half of my life, because that's what worked in the first half of my life. I want to be the guy who's working on my spirit and it energizes me to work on my spirit. And I think I can give back to a lot of folks by cultivating my spirit more deeply. Interesting. So you're, you're clearly um, sincerely intellectually curious 
Um, and I'm betting that you didn't spend a lot of time Saturday mornings watching Bugs Bunny <laughs> and Roadrunner like I did. Um, hmm. But uh, and but maybe you weren't reading Young. Maybe you were. At, at not age. as a kid. Not as a kid. <laughs> as a kid. No, <laughs> no. I was playing a lot of video games, um, and they were helping me imagine. You know, the, my my imagination was stimulated by that. I I didn't I didn't really start reading till college. Interesting. Wow. Um, which freedoms would you like more of, and why? So you've met, you mentioned all of the benefits of autonomy. Mm-hmm. Maybe that's the bad way to preface that question because I should just let it let you respond. Which which freedoms? Hmm, I'm not sure I've, I've, I've ordered them, uh, but I'll tell you some that come to mind when you ask that question. Uh, freedom to work on projects that you know I find intrinsically stimulating. Like that's that is uh, if I find something intrinsically valuable and I get to work on it, then I've already won. You know what? No matter how it goes, uh, mm-hmm. if I find it intrinsically valuable. Now I can't choose all my projects right now because I'm. Uh, you know, Lessonly is nearly 200 people. We have a thousand customers and some of the projects, uh, they, they just have to be addressed and they're not the ones that I choose, you know, where I worry to make time. The other cool, the other side of that coin is a lot of the projects I do get to choose, you know, and, and, and that's really fun. Um, but I think choosing things that are intellectually stimulating to me um, is, is one of the reasons that I think autonomy is so special. That's one of the reasons I like, you know, my Saturday so much is I can fill it with things that are just intellectually stimulating to me. Interesting. Um, what's the one thing you wish you could change in your business and why? Yeah, I want, um, I want to be able to, to run a company that is more like on a, on a farm schedule, uh, where, where, you know, we, we work really hard for six to seven months. And then we have a, a period where it's not that we stop doing anything, but that we, it's, it's lighter work, you know, it's a, it's a rest and recharge. I think, the growth, 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 growth that is doesn't just define our business, but defines every business is is, is tiring. Um, and and I love to see the world structurally orient around uh, businesses that are more like pro basketball or you know any professional sport where right. we've got an on season and an off season. Um, and what what what's the direct benefit that you would derive, or even indirect? Uh, I'm not quite sure that working this hard all year uh, is healthy. So I would think it'd be health. Uh, it, it'd be it'd be kind of like a muscle, right? If I uh, Nassim Taleb, this uh, gentleman who I'd love, um, talks about a very basic thing. If I only work out my muscle, it starts to deteriorate, and if I never work out my muscle, it starts to deteriorate. But if I work it out and I rest it, and then I work it out and I rest it, it, it grows. And I, I worry that we're doing too much of this yep. all the time. Yep, got it. Interesting analogy. Um, all right, so let's talk a little bit about the subject of the day and you touched on it in various forms, Max, I know, but um, when you think of your legacy and what you want to leave, what's the first thing that comes to mind? Yeah. The first thing that comes to mind uh, is love. I I want to build more loving workplaces and I've got a specific blueprint for what I think a loving workplace looks like. Um, I think we spend so much of our time at work and there is not a lot of rest in that. Um, and many people's experience at work is fear. Uh, they, you know, it's dominance, it's command, it's control. Um, and I, and I can't see for the life of me how that, how that actually helps the business. Um, I think it's doesn't just help the person. <laughs> doesn't help the person. Yeah. And what does a person do who's scared? They cease to communicate. 
uh, what does a business need the most? Clear communication. Mm-hmm. Uh, because clear communication builds rich relationships and rich relationships, you know, are, can be a great motor for a business. But if people are scared, they, they start to go into that, you know, that character in their brain that is fight or flight uh, and they protect their own. And what we need are people who are, who are looking for opportunities and pointing out threats openly and without fear of retribution. Because as they do that, we're going to really like some of those opportunities and we're going to be really grateful they pointed out some of those threats. Uh, and then we're going to, you know, get high five them and say, let's get after it. Uh, but if people are scared, they won't do that. Uh, so I, I want a group that is not scared. I want them to feel loved. Makes complete sense. So if you're, um, aside from transforming um, the fundamentals of the work environment, <laughs> what other ambitions do you have in terms of your legacy? I mean, if we get outside of business or for that matter, outside of that particular topic. Yeah. Okay. If we get out of business and, and I don't need to trans- transform every work, every workplace. Um, but you know, I'd like to just start by transforming our own, right. Just yeah, less and sure. least. Um, and then some people who work at less and lean will, will work elsewhere and they ideally will take that with them and so on and so forth. So, you know, I, I don't need to be much bigger than that to, to feel uh, happy with what I've done. Good. Um, and with what we've done, you know, cause this is not a solo effort. Uh, we've got a lot of help. Um, but in terms of other things I mentioned earlier about the achievement uh, orientation and, you know, cultivating my spirit orientation, we have lost a lot of markers, uh, going through life, kind of mile markers and off ramps that kind of help us understand uh, how to grow and become whole people. Um, you know, when we, when we took religion and threw, threw the baby out with the bathwater, you know, there are a lot of guideposts in, in spirituality and religion that help people understand um, what's happening to them in their lives. You know, and that's what, myths, that's what myths are supposed to do, help us understand uh, that what we're going through happens to a lot of people and that there are ways to approach it and there are ways that you might regret approaching it. Yep. But, but we don't have a lot of that, right? We don't have a lot of culture like that. Um, we have culture that sells us comfort and convenience. Be comfortable, find convenience, you'll feel great. But I've never actually seen that to be true. So in terms of a legacy, uh, let's just help people see more mile markers. Let's help people see more stories that they can go, hey, I'm less anxious now because I see that this happens to everybody or this happens to a lot of people. Um, I think that's a beautiful way to spend life is just point some more of those things out so that people don't have to be so anxious and that they can actually grow and be whole people instead of, you know, becoming slivers over time. Because I think that's a natural course right now. We become more slivers of people over time instead of whole folks. And going in the uh, wrong direction, I guess. That's, say. Yeah, I, I, I mean, it is what it is, right? Uh, I can't tell you if it's a good thing that somebody comes a sliver or not. I can just say that I'd rather be a whole person. Yeah, right. <laughs> not not as not uh, not judging anyone or anything, but I, I get where you're coming from. How about um, when you think of? Um, the couple of examples of legacy that you'd like to uh, leave, what's, what's the biggest challenge here that's, that's holding you back? Yeah, I, it's a, it's a, it's a great question. Um, I'm not sure. Cause the way I define, you know, how I want to leave my legacy, I don't, I don't think there's a lot that's holding me back right now. I, I think, I think my, my job is to cultivate myself. Well, let me, let's just say this. Um, Symmetry between what I say and what I do is always going to be the hardest part of being alive. So, you know, symmetry between my values um, and, and my mission and, and my everyday behavior. But the cool thing about kind of working for that symmetry of aligning my values and my everyday behavior is that I get a lot sharper, a lot faster yeah. um, because I have to try to fit my behavior to my values and, and my mission. And I find many times that I have to actually change my values and my mission in order to be sustainable. Cause I find that my, you know, I have some 
bars for myself that are I can't actually achieve and that it is not would not be healthy to try to achieve. Um, so because I try to live what I believe, um, my, my, my mission and my values get, uh, get more realistic, uh, and, and I think a positive way. Um, and I find that I'm happiness when I have congruence between this side and that side, you know, what I, what I care about and what I do. Yeah. Um, so ba- and, balance in that sense. Right. Yeah. I, I, I'd, I'd call it, yeah, I'd call it, I'd call it congruence, like, uh, okay. and balance is a fine word for it. Yeah. Symmetry, any, any one of them. Um, I guess what I'm saying is that's always going to be the thing that either gives me, if, w- the more I do that, find that balance, find that symmetry and congruence, um, the richer I'm going to kind of spill over into other people's lives. And and the less I find it, you know, the less likely I am to, uh, to be inspiring to anybody else. I think people yeah. who are inspiring figure that out uh, yeah. and, and they, and they do it and they do it well. They do it as humans though, not as perfect people. Cause that's just not possible. Um, well, yeah. here's an unfair question, but the way you're talking, Max, uh, do you, how often do you get angry? Mm, I got angry last night. <laughs> Care uh, to share I, with it at a high level? I mean, what well, triggered my, you? My wife and my wife and I are new parents, uh, yeah. so so we were talking about schedule, and one of the one of the comments that you know she made to me, uh, which was very fair, um, was around needing some help, yeah. and. And what I realized I did was I went into a spot in my brain um, that interpreted that as Max, you're not doing a good job as a father, yeah. which is not what she was saying. Yeah. You know, what she was saying was I need help in this area yeah. um, because she is the, she's the ultimate keeper of, of our world now. You know, she knows it better than anyone uh, with, with our daughter and, and our family. Um, and so I got angry. Got I, I got angry because I, you know, I, I read that in a way that was not what she was saying. Yeah. And, and that took me a bit of time to unwind. Man, oh man, Max, you are aware and thoughtful. And that's, mm. uh, uh, that's really interesting and impressive. Um, hey, thank you. So our audience of about 140,000 successful entrepreneurs like yourself, um, they're, they're often interested. They often reach out and ask, um, well, they're probably listening here today, wondering, what specific steps or actions they can take um, that would help them build a lasting and durable legacy? Any mm-hmm. thoughts? Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna go back to the achievement and the and the spiritual orientation. Uh, you, I think I think my legacy will be determined by my ability to transition from an achievement oriented individual to a more spiritual individual, yeah. and I, I I find that I will. I, I, I'm concerned I will be more self-destructive if I stay on the achievement train my whole life. So I, I want to say to anybody who's listening, who is maybe achieve, 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 achieve. Um, we have to find the other gear and we don't have yes. to find them. We don't have to find them at stages. They can be states in the day. You know, you can have a state in the day where you're achieving and a state in the day where you're working on your spirit. It doesn't have to be these defined stages of I've left that now and I'm doing the other thing, but we need both. Yeah, so there there was another guest recently who, um, and I'm going to misquote him, and I think it was a him, as I recall. He said that you work so hard in your career to get us to a certain point in your business, um, and beyond that, money is really not the issue because mm-hmm. you reach that level. So it's another way of positioning what you're saying. And I, you know, achieve, achieve, goal, 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 goal might be make enough 
money or X enough toys or whatever people want materialistically mm-hmm. or from for charitable purposes. But at a certain point, people have to stop or should if they're healthy and look. I mean, I don't want to sound like I'm lecturing, but this is what the person's point was looking beyond that level of achievement, stopping mm-hmm. and saying, all right, now what's truly important now that I, I'm, I'm not, I don't have any risk of going to the poorhouse here. Mm-hmm. Um, what can I do to have maximum impact on the world and people around me? Right. Yeah. Or just on yourself. Right. Yeah. And, and I don't mean that in a selfish way. I mean, if, if there's a room of 10 people and nine of them are frantic and one of them is calm, is that room calmer because of the 10th person? Right. Yes, it is. Yeah. And, and that's our responsibility is to be that person in the room who is not uh, triggered or incited um, by the chaos that is life. You know, who it, you raise something really interesting. I always say there's no such thing as 100% altruism, but I suspect that the opposite is also true that there's no such thing as 100% say greed. Mm. Um, and you just illustrated it. You know, you could be the most selfish self self-centered but perhaps it's possible that your the gratification or the happiness that you get out of it actually in a very minor way helps other people i know that's kind of a crazy thought you're saying yeah walking into a room and because you're contented with yourself you might actually be helpful even if you've only focused on yourself yeah it could be i mean i i definitely agree with you that there's nothing that is wholly you know uh, holy shadow and nothing that's holy light. You know, it's yeah. a blend of both. Right. And we've known that a long time uh, yeah. from a, I love the, I love the, you know, the yin yang of the, the light side of the mountain creates the shadow. Um, yeah. And so even people who intend to disrupt things, even people who intend to incite challenges uh, cannot see some of the goodness that they're going to bring over time because they have the, because of the things well, that, that they did. That's exactly, isn't that ironic that you say that? Uh, I'm sure it was, it's actually probably not ironic. You probably intended to say that, but given the date of this, uh, mm-hmm. of this broadcast. Um, so uh, this has been wonderful, Max. This has been uh, a, a far ranging conversation and you're clearly, um, as I said before, uh, an interesting, interesting thinker. And Chris, I've loved it. Thank you. Yeah, you bet. Um, this is uh, for the audience. If you want to be a guest on my show, Legacy Podcast, please go to businesslegacypodcast.com. That's businesslegacypodcast.com and book your interview there. Max Yoder, CEO and co-founder of Lessonly, this has been a huge pleasure and I'm so excited to share your story with my audience. Thanks for be- doing it. Thanks for having me. Be well. You too. You too. Thanks for listening to the Business Legacy Show. If you're a thoughtful business owner who would like to be a guest on this program, please visit businesslegacypodcast.com slash guest. That's businesslegacypodcast.com slash guest. Now, if you got something out of this interview, please share this episode on social media. Just do a quick screenshot with your phone and text it to a friend or post it on the socials. If you do that, tag us with hashtag business legacy podcast again hashtag business legacy podcast each month we scour twitter linkedin facebook and instagram we pick one winner from each platform and you get crowned king or queen of that social media what do you win we're going to promote you and your business to our audience of over 150,000 people totally free now can you hook us up in your podcast player right now please give us a thumbs up or a rating and a review We promise to read it all and take action. 
We believe that a person's legacy is the most important thing someone can leave the next generation, and your feedback helps us fulfill our mission. And while you're at it, hit that subscribe button. You know why? Because every week for 15 minutes, you are going to be inspired and motivated to leave a lasting and meaningful legacy. My name is Chris Wilmerding. Let's connect on the socials. You'll find all the stuff we're doing at businesslegacypodcast.com. Again, businesslegacypodcast.com. Thanks for listening and thank you for being part of the Business Legacy Movement.